We're just going to read it. Last week we talked about suffering. We talked about the the people in John 9. You can always remember because it rhymes with blind. So John 9 is a man born blind. So, uh, that's right. So, uh, the, uh, we saw the miracle last week. The man was born blind. They said, why was he this way? Was it because somebody sinned? And of course, Jesus told us that all uh, infirmities, all suffering is not because of sin. And so, they went through all that and they said that he was born blind so that the glory of God would be manifest in his life. And, and we saw him healed and now we're going to see kind of the aftermath of uh, what's going to go on. Uh, what happens is the whole chapter, chapter 9, is about uh, Jesus being the light of the world. Right at the beginning of the chapter uh, when he was telling his disciples you know, about... Uh, the man born blind, it says, verse 5, or verse 4, no, verse 3, no, verse 4, no, verse 5. It says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And so everything else in this chapter that comes after that is going to be showing how he is the light of the world. Now there's uh, something strange about light. Um, it's going to either illuminate your path illuminate you where you can see, like we can look around and see, or it's going to blind you. One of the two. Uh, And that's what Jesus says at the end. He said, I came that the blind may have sight, and I came that those that that see may become blind. That's what he's going to say at the very end. And it's like the sun. I mean, if you, if you, you know, the sun is, well, it's not really out today, but I guess it is sort of out. It's light. But if the sun is, you know, it, it, it lights the day, and you can see, and you can, you can see as far as, you know, your eyes will let you see, or as the landscape will let you see when it's daytime. Uh, but if you stare up at the sun and look into its light for too long, what happens? It'll blind you. It'll blind you. I don't know if y'all ever used to do that. We used to have like a game, see who could look at it the longest without going blind. But anyway, that's probably what's wrong with me. So this is a testimony about the light. This man was born in total darkness. He was born blind. He was born. He lived in total darkness for however many years he lived. And Jesus brought him into light. He said, you know, he spit on the ground, made clay with his hands, put it clay on his eyes. And then all of a sudden, the man went and washed in this pool and he could see for the first time in his life, he, he stepped into the light. And what we're going to see is that at that moment when he was healed, he wasn't saved. But as the chapter progresses, he becomes more and more into the light. Uh, at first, he's going to call Jesus just a man. The next, he's going to say he's a man of God. Then he's going to say he's a prophet. And then by the end of the chapter, he's worshiping Jesus as God. And at the same time, you see the Pharisees who claim that they can see, who claim to be the religious people, who claim that they got it going on and it's all good. You can see them becoming blinder and blinder. As blinder, is that a word? More blind by the light that they're shown. They're shown the light of Christ and it just blinds them. They just reject it. I don't want it. So let's start. What what you have here is uh, this man. You, you have four different conversations. You got the man's going to talk to his neighbors, the man who was born blind. Then you got the man and the Pharisees. Uh, and then you got the... Uh, uh, we'll just read it. We'll see who we got when we get there. Verse 8. Let's start there. We went through 7 last week. So let's start in 8 and we'll, hopefully we'll get the rest of the chapter done. Verse Chapter 9, verse 8. Okay, the man's healed. 
The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not, is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. The man testified, I'm the one that was blind. Right? And then verse 10 says, Therefore they said, How were his eyes open? How were thine eyes open? They asked him, and he said, Eleven. He said, He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. I went and washed, and I received sight. Then they said unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. So the first thing you see that this man was changed. He was changed so much that not only... Now, I don't know how many of y'all... Do y'all know anybody's blind? Anybody ever met a guy's blind? Uh, surely some of y'all know somebody's blind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, well, if, if a miraculous thing happened, and, the, and all of a sudden the blind man could see, I mean, it wouldn't really change him. That, I mean, you, he would look just like he was. I mean, he wouldn't change his appearance. It wouldn't change that much about him at all. But yet this man was changed so that, you know, he didn't say how. I mean, I'm sure he looked the same, but maybe he was just, uh, I don't know, joyful. Maybe he was just excited and talking and people said, this, this can't be the same guy. You know, over and over again, if you were a blind man back then, there were no, there's no welfare. There's no uh, government assistance. There's no whatever. If you didn't have family or somebody to take care of you, then you, they, they parked your rear end right out by the temple somewhere or somewhere that the uh, people would walk by and you had to beg and you just begged for whatever you could get and that's all you had. And so this guy had been born, born blind so more than likely he had either been taken care of by his parents or he'd sat there for a lot of years and people had seen him. You know, I remember that guy. He's the one who always sits on the corner there at the temple when we go in. To, you know, And so people saw him. People knew who he was. And then all of a sudden, here's this guy that can see. Well, that can't be the same man. That can't be the same man. You know, because this guy, he's been blind ever since I've known him. And so the whole, the whole issue right here is that he testifies to what he knew. He, he didn't know yet who Jesus was, that he was the son of God, that he was, you know, that he had come to save the world, that he had come to. He testified to what he knew. They said, are you the man? And he says, I am the man. And they said, well, how did this happen to you? He said, this, this guy called Jesus wiped some spitty mud in my face and I washed it and. And, and, and I'm healed. I mean, that's all he knew to tell him. He didn't know. They said, well, where is this guy? Show him to us. He's like, ah. You know, reality, at this point, the man had never laid eyes on Jesus. Can you imagine? I mean, we kind of take it for granted. But he'd never seen Jesus. Because Jesus put the stuff in his eyes and he told him to go. Like, I don't even know how he went. Like, okay, I'm going to go to the pool. You know, I guess he had somebody to lead him to the pool. I don't know. But he had never seen Jesus because when he watched in the pool and he received his sight, looked around, you know, Jesus is not around. And so Jesus kind of exits the scene right here at the beginning of this chapter and he'll come back in at the, at the end. But he didn't know where Jesus was. Uh, he didn't know the extent of who this man was that had healed him. So all he knew was, all he knew to tell him was what he knew. This is what this man did for me. And a lot of times, I, 
what we're going to see is the religious people are going to start taking over and they're going to start asking questions and they're going to start saying, well, now we need to figure all this out. Um, What we're going to see here is this man's simple testimony, his simple testimony of what Jesus did for me. He doesn't know all about like you may not know all about, you know, all the ins and outs of the Trinity and all the ins and outs of the incarnation and how God can how Jesus can be God and man at the same time. And, And those things are important. So don't get me wrong. But uh, the thing that's going to the thing that's going to spread the gospel, the thing that's going to spread the kingdom of God, is just your just your simple testimony, what Jesus did for me. And so, and you're, you've got a picture here of this man telling his neighbors, you know, it's like, where is this guy? I I don't know where he's at. Well, well, how how did this happen to you? Well, this this. This man named Jesus, what did he look like? I don't know what he looked like. I was blind when he does me. I mean, there's so much I don't know. There's so many things that I don't know about Jesus. So many things I don't know about about who he is, what he did. All he could do was just tell his testimony. All he could do was just tell what what Jesus had done for for him. And it doesn't say that all the neighbors just fell down and said, Oh, we've got to find this Jesus. You know, some of them may have believed and went and sought out this Jesus. Some of them may have not. And so really all we're called to do is to tell what Christ has done in our life. You don't have to, you and I aren't called to give a dissertation on, uh, you know, the incarnation of Christ or the, you know, what they call the hypostatic union or, you know, all those things that most people wouldn't even have a clue what you're talking about. You're called, we're called to just tell what Jesus has done for us. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? Do you see how just that what we're going to see is even when the religious people come and they start asking questions, they start interrogating this man. It's his simple testimony of what Jesus did for him that shames them and just blows them out of the water. And they get so mad, they end up just throwing him out of the throwing him out of the temple just because he just kept repeating. This is what he did for me. You know, it's his simple testimony. And so I want you to see that even if you don't have an understanding of all the, you know, of uh, whatever, an understanding of, of all the deep things of theology or all this, all that kind of stuff, what you have is what I know what I was before. I know what happened to me and I know what I am now because of what God made me. And that right there is the most powerful thing that you can have in spreading God's kingdom. Make sense? That's just what he did for me. So in verse 13, he's going to start talking to the Pharisees. So the neighbors that the man was talking to, they brought him to the Pharisees. Verse 13, uh, they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind, that, that guy that was blind. And verse 14 says, and it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opens his eyes. So we know that already they're going to be mad because he's done broke the Sabbath law again. And so it says, verse 15, then again, the Pharisees also asked him, the blind man, how he received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay upon my eyes and I washed uh, and I do see. Therefore, said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. The same thing is in chapter 5. He didn't broke the Sabbath. And so others said... 
These are others of the Pharisees said, how can, a, how can a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division. There was a division among the Pharisees. Some of them were saying, how could Jesus do the miracles that He's doing and be a sinner? And the other Pharisees were saying, well, how can Jesus be from God when He don't keep the Sabbath law? He don't keep, really they were saying, He don't keep our version of the Sabbath law. And so verse 17, and we'll stop, it says, they said unto the blind men again, what sayest thou of Him? They want to know about the man. And then he said that he that he hath opened thine eyes and the man said he is a prophet. Okay? Now the man walks in Okay, the Pharisees are, we've got, a, we've got a picture in our mind about the Pharisees, about how they're these evil, you know, bringing their hands, I'm going to get you. Yeah. But a lot of their claim to fame was they kept the law. They loved the law. And if you would have saw one walking down the road, you know, during this time, you would have thought, wow, that guy's really got it going on. He's a righteous man. He keeps the law. And he's way better than I am. And so they brought, these, they brought this man who had been born blind to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees are going to uh, look at the law, and they're going to look at what and they're supposed to be the experts on the law and about what's going on, and so that they want to know who this Jesus guy is, so they bring him to the Pharisees. These guys know all about the law, so they're going to examine all this, and they're going to tell us what's going on, and so they bring him, and the Pharisees, the Pharisees said, uh, you know, what happened? He tells them he put clay on my, my eyes and everything, and it was on the Sabbath. And so now the Pharisees are arguing amongst each other. Half of them are saying, I mean, some of them are saying, you know, this guy, he, this guy is a sinner. I mean, he, he he's not from God at all because he won't keep the. He's not keeping the. You weren't allowed to knead dough or knead clay on the on the not knead it, but knead it. You know what I mean? Okay, good. Uh, on the Sabbath, you weren't allowed to heal on the Sabbath. You weren't allowed to do any kind of medicinal, anything on the Sabbath. And so uh, these were all man's rules. They weren't God's rules. And so we've already talked about that in John chapter 5. But uh, they want to know what happened. The guy told him what happened. And they, uh, they hear his testimony again. And they say, well, what do you say about the man who did this? And the guy is listening to him. He Listen, these Pharisees over here are saying, this guy... I mean, he can't do a miracle like this unless he's from God. And then these guys over here saying, well, he can't be from God because he broke the tradition of the Sabbath. And so this guy, he's sitting, standing here listening to this, and what do you think he's thinking? Well, I, I know he did a miracle because I was blind, Jack, and now I'm looking at y'all. And so he's saying, this guy's got to be from God. He's got to be. And so they asked him, who do you say that he is? And he said, he's a prophet. Now, here, right here is the moment where light is coming to the Pharisees. Okay, they're, they're in their deal and they're listening. Just like light came to the blind man, light is coming. They, for the first time, here's a man standing there in front of them saying, Jesus is a prophet from God. He, he doesn't have a full understanding yet. Jesus is much more than a prophet. But he tells them, Jesus is a prophet from God, and he, he gave me light so I could see. He's a messenger from God. He's one that's come from God. And that's the first ray of light that the Pharisees get. And what they're going to do is, they're going to, they're going to, uh, they're going to reject that light. And so what that light's going to do is going to make them more and more blind as we see. You see what I mean? Faith, a lot of times people talk about faith in God as like stepping off into the dark. 
Like, it's like closing your eyes and, and walking off a cliff. That's faith. That's really not the faith that the Bible talks about. The faith that the Bible talks about is right now I'm stuck in darkness and I'm coming out to face the light that's shown to me. That's more about more what biblical faith is. It's like, let's put it this way. The Pharisees have their, their little candle. Their candle is the law, what they want, the religious rules, the, you know, I'm part of the God's temple and, you know, they've got lordship over the people and that's the light, their, their light, their little candle, right? Now, a candle doesn't give much light, but if you're in a dark place, a candle gives a lot of light. I don't know if y'all know that or not. Uh, there's a guy at the hospital that does those recreations, those Civil War, what do you call them, reenactments or whatever. And when they do that, they go, I mean, full bore, like they give them rations of bacon and salt or something. You know, that's what they eat. And, I mean, they're out there sleeping in, in not even a tent. It's like a stick with a sheet over it. You know what I mean? That's like, and so they're out there doing a deal. And, and he says that... Uh, he says that they give them them little oil lamps, them little, you know, like they really had. And you're looking at it and you're going like, this is no light at all. He says, but when you get out there and there's no light, I mean, the moon is the only light you got. And if the moon ain't shining, he said that little bitty light, man, you could see, you could see a long way away in the dark. And so the Pharisees had their little light. And this is my light. This is all I need. And when Jesus come, he brings more light. He brings more light. I'm the son of God. I've come to save. I've come to redeem you. I've come to bring you back to God. And instead of stepping out into the light of the sun, the Pharisees choose to stay in the dark with their little light and saying, my light's enough. This is all I want. I'm happy. I'm satisfied right where I am. I don't have to move anywhere. This is all I want. Y'all understand the picture that what's going on? The Pharisees, the man came from darkness. I mean, he's begging, can't see anything. And he stepped out into light. And Jesus healed him and gave him light. But we're going to see him moving further and further into the light. As the light is shown in his life, he's going to move further into it. So by the end of the chapter, he's worshiping. I mean, not just, not just Jesus is a man, not just Jesus is a prophet. But he is like bowing down before Jesus and worshiping him as God. And then we're going to see the Pharisees who are, they're, they're discussing, you think Jesus is from God? I don't know. He's, you know, he's breaking the Sabbath and he's doing these things. But really, he can't do any miracles if he wasn't for God, for from God. And so you see them wrestling with this light, and they're going to decide to say in the darkness. They're going to decide to say, you know what? He's not from God. We reject him. And all, all the way up until the end of this chapter, Jesus is going to look them dead in the face and say, "You're blind." You're blind. You think you can see. So uh, that's what that's what kind of is is going on here. So verse 18, we'll read that through 23. It says, "But the Jews, and these talking about the Pharisees that they're talking to, they did not believe concerning him. So the light comes to them. They rejected the light. They did not believe concerning him that he had been blind. They did not believe that the man had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that received it that." that had received his sight. Now you see what's going on? They can't reject Jesus. They can't deny what Jesus... Uh, they, can't, they can't tell this man... You know, they, if Jesus healed this man who was born by and gave him his sight back, that's proof positive and they can't do nothing about it. So what they do is they start saying, well, this guy, he wasn't really blind. I mean, he must not have really been blind. And so it said, verse 19, and so... And they 
asked them, talking about his parents, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How doth he now see? His parents answered them, and he said, We know that this is our son, and we know that he was born blind. Verse 21, But by what means he now sees, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, you ask him, he shall speak for himself. And then the, the, John tells us in verse 22, he says, These words spoke his parents because they feared the Jews. For, if it, for the Jews had, already, had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was the Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he's of age, ask him. So what was going through the parents' mind? Yeah, they didn't want to get booted out. Now, when I when they we're not just talking about leaving the building. You got to remember when when the Pharisees got together and they pretty much excommunicated you, what they called it, like just you weren't just kicked out of that synagogue. You weren't just kicked out. I mean, you couldn't. You were unclean. Couldn't go to the temple anymore. You were out of Judaism. And as far as the the people were concerned, like the parents of this man. Uh, to be kicked out of Judaism for the Pharisees to get together and say, you, you're out, you're out. It was to say that you're out of God's you know, will. You're out of God's love. You're out of, you know, you're, you're kicked out of the people of God. And so that was a real threat to them. They were Jewish folks. All they had known was the Jewish way of life. All they had known was, you know, going to the temple, making sacrifices. <clears throat> If you thought, you know, God commanded them to sacrifice, you know, for their sins and on a on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, uh, these animals, which pointed toward, you know, Jesus' sacrifice. If you thought that this guy was standing before you was about to say, "You can't come back in here no more," then you wouldn't be able to make those sacrifices. Guess what? When you die, you go to hell. And so his parents were scared. They were afraid that if they if they even get close to saying this Jesus is the Christ. Oh man, I mean, they're going to boot us. They're going to boot us out. So what What I, I see the parents as kind of, they're more willing to, they're not ready to step out into the lot. They're just kind of riding the fence going, you know, like when they're alone with their son, I could see them like, wow, Jesus doesn't heal my, I mean, they knew the boys born blind. They were parents just like any other parents. When they're alone with their son, I could see them like, Man, this Jesus is amazing. This whatever, whatever. But here when the Pharisee shows up, it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. You better ask him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's almost like throwing the boy under the bus. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody's going to get kicked out, it's going to be him. You know, so if he, wants to, if he wants to get himself thrown out, that's fine with me. Do you see that? So, so far you got the neighbors that were talking. They, they, they didn't have a clue. They, they didn't know what was going on. You had the Pharisees who just flat out rejected, rejected, I we're not buying into none of this. And now you got the parents who's like, you know, with when I'm with one part, well, I'm with one people, you know, it's all good. Jesus, you know, rock on, whatever. And then when I'm with these other people, it's like, uh, I don't really know. <laughs> you know, what do you think? You know, so you've got you've got all these people, and so far the man's the only one that's that's wanting to step out into the light. Now, the rest of this chapter is really. I mean, it's really cool. It's really cool to me because basically his simple testimony just shames 
the Pharisees. They got all this knowledge. They got all this wisdom, all this about God. And this, I mean, this blind man, he had never been to school, uneducated. He was forbidden to go into the temple, probably didn't know anything about. You know, he, he might have known, you know, just because he lived in that culture. But he, he hadn't, couldn't read, couldn't write, couldn't, I mean, he's blind, he couldn't do nothing. They didn't have Braille back then. And so, verse 24 says... Y'all want to say something? I don't have to talk for the whole 45 minutes. Then again, called they... Okay, the parents were no help. So the Pharisees called the blind man back in. He said, then again, they called the man that was born blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Sounds like they've made up their mind. And we know he's a sinner. So basically what they're saying is, hey, we're Pharisees. We're the religious leaders. We're the ones that tell you what God wants and what God doesn't want. We're in charge. And we know that this man is a sinner. So give God the glory. Uh, they were telling them, stop lying. They were telling them, you give God the glory and stop giving the glory to this man who we know is a sinner. And basically he's saying, they're telling him, okay, we've come to the conclusion in our wisdom, in our knowledge of God, and our knowledge of God's law, that Jesus, this man, is a sinner. Therefore, he could not have healed you. He could not have done this miracle. He could have not. He could not have done all this from God. So, give God the glory. Just tell us the truth, because we we, we already know what's going on. In verse twenty-five, he says, and the blind man answered. He said. Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Now, that's a famous, famous verse. Now, what he, look what he says. The blind man still doesn't know who this Jesus is. He still hadn't, never laid eyes on him, doesn't know anything about him. And so, here come the religious crowd. And they say, you know what? You give glory to God. We've come together and we've decided. We've looked at the law. We've, we're the ones who God has put in authority. And we've decided that this man is a sinner. So just come clean and tell us really what happened. And the man said, look, y'all are the religious guys. I don't know. I don't know if he's a sinner or if he's a prophet or, or who he is. All I know is yesterday at this time, I was in darkness. I couldn't see nothing. And today, I can see. This man wiped some spitty mud in my face. And I washed in this pool. And now I can see. So that's all he could tell them. He couldn't argue with them the finer points of theology. He couldn't argue with them uh, who the Messiah would be when he came. He couldn't argue with them about anything regarding the law or God's word or who God is or how God's to be worshipped or anything like that. All he could tell them was, look, I was blind and now I can see. And so they said, uh, uh, verse... 26, verse 26, this uneducated man. They said unto him again, What did he to thee? How open he thine eyes? And they say, The guy's not coming off the fact that he was blind and now he can see. So they asked him again, How did he do the miracle that opened your eyes? And and the 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 ex-blind man, he says, verse 27, he answered them, I've told you already. And you did not hear. Why do you want to hear it again? Wherefore would you hear it again? He says, will you also be his... Do you want to be his disciples? So he's getting... That sounds kind of like a little smart aleck, don't you think? That sounds like something I would say. It's like, I done told you three times, man. Are you wanting to be his disciples too? You know? 
these blind, uneducated, he, he, he basically just shames them. And they reviled him, verse 28, and they said, you're his disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. Verse 29 says, we know that God spoke unto Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he's from. It says, we know not from whence he is. Now, think about what they said. They really painted themselves in the corner because they said... We're disciples of Moses. We're the religious leaders. We're the ones who got it all going on. We're the ones who know what we're talking about. You're just an old, dirty, blind man. You're uneducated, whatever. He says, we know that God spoke to Moses. We have the law. We've read the law. We've studied, Son, I've been studying the law since before you were born. You can imagine them saying something like that, right? I've been, I've been doing this. I've been a man of God since you were, you know, in... Did they have diapers then? I don't know. Anyway, before you was born, I've been a man of God. And so I know that God spoke to Moses. And I don't even know who this guy is. I don't even know who this guy is that you're talking to me about, you know, all, all this, this healing and, and coming to you. I, I don't even know this guy. And I, I'm the authority. We're the authority. And so basically what they're saying is we're the ones in charge. And we're the ones who say who's from God or not. And so the man says... Verse 30-33 is hard to catch, but I really like it. It says, The man answered, and he said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing. <laughs> he said, he's really smart. Like, I really like him. He says, Here's a marvelous thing. He says, uh, You know not from where he, whence he is. You don't know where he's coming from. And yet he opened my eyes. He says, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, he heareth. Since the world began, it was not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was blind. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. What he said there was, now here's a marvelous thing that you don't even know where this guy's come from. Basically, he's saying, you say that you're the one that's religious and you're the one who knows the law and you're the one that knows all this stuff about God. And here's a miracle worker out here doing miracles and you don't even have no, you don't have a clue who he is. Basically, he's saying, I don't really think y'all are the religious leaders. I don't really think y'all know what y'all are talking about. Because the one thing that I do know is that the man healed me. That's the only thing really I know. The, I was blind, but now I can see. And really, that's the only fact. I mean, I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't know. Maybe he's a sinner. Maybe he's a prophet. Maybe he's a whatever. I, I don't have a clue. I've never even seen the man. But I know yesterday I was blind, and I know today I can see. And all their religious arguments, they, they come out and they say, well, we, we don't know who where he's from. We don't know anything about him. And he says, well, that's really strange that you call yourself the God's people, and here's a man out here doing Doing God's work and you don't know about him, maybe that maybe that says a lot more about you than it says about him. That you don't know what's going on. Maybe you're just stuck here in your little ivory tower studying your theology when this guy's out here actually doing the works of God and helping people. But the point is, do you see how the blind man's testimony, I was blind, now I see. It's as simple as that. It shames all their arguments. It puts all their stuff, you know, they, they can't come up with enough theological stuff to argue with this guy because the only thing he can say is, I was blind. Maybe so, I don't know, but I was blind, but now I see. You know? Now, none of these Pharisees are going to accept Jesus. 
So I'm not saying that when you give your testimony, people are just going to come flocking in and saying whatever. You know, a lot of people are going to reject it. A lot of people are going to reject you. A lot of people are going to. But you don't ever have to feel unarmed if you don't know just the heights of theology and scholarly whatever. All you have to know is I was blind. And now I can see. And and nobody can argue with that. They may not accept it. They may like, well, that's stupid and walk off. And that's, you know, that's fine. But you have an argument that nobody can doubt. Nobody can contend with. Nobody can disprove. Nobody can do anything. And if you're truly a Christian, and you are, I mean, we do stupid stuff, of course. But your life will reflect that. And people will say, I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't know what the deal is. But I know Jason was one way. Last week and this way, you know, for the last three years, he has not been the same person. And so that is the that's the argument that brings people into the light. That's what it looks like to be brought into the light. All right. Last thing. When he when he told them off right here in verse 33 and he just basically told them, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Then they threw him out. Verse 34 said, they answered and said to him, thou wast altogether born in sins and dost thou teach us. And they cast him out. He's gone. So you're out. You're out. Not only you're out of the synagogue, you're out of our religion. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the Pharisee would say, God won't have anything to do with you. You can't come into the temple no more. You can't come into the synagogue no more. You can't offer sacrifices no more. You know, it's over. You, by by taking this Jesus aside against us, you're out. And so, verse 35, I love it. It says, Jesus heard, now Jesus comes back into the scene. Jesus heard that they cast him out. And when he had found him, so what does that imply? Jesus went to where he was at. So they cast the man out of the Lord's house, and then the Lord of the house went looking for the man. See what I mean? So they, they cast him out, and Jesus came looking for him. It says, when, when they heard that he cast him out, he, when he found him, he said unto him, Do you believe in the Son of God? A lot of manuscripts say Son of Man. Uh, verse 36, he says, And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Now, the man still has not, don't have a clue. He's not a saved man. He's not a man who we would say is, you know, a true worshiper of God. He's not a, not a, although they didn't use the word Christian yet so far, he's not a Christian. He's not a follower, disciple of Christ. This man walks up to him that he's never seen before. And he said, son, do you believe in, in the son of God? And the guy's like, who is the son of God? And he says, verse, verse, uh, 36, he said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talks with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. So think about it now. This man, this man, all he had, all he knew was that I was blind, and now I see. He had no theological training, couldn't even read or write, had had nothing to his account. By all intents and purposes, he had no... If you'd seen him walking down the street, you wouldn't take his advice for nothing. All he had to his account was, I know yesterday I was blind, today I can see. And so the Pharisees threw him out because he shamed all their arguments. They couldn't deny or denounce anything that was going on. They threw him out. Jesus found him. And Jesus brought him more light. See? So the man, he went from total darkness to 
a little light where you can see, knowing there was a guy that did something for me, and his name was Jesus, I don't know anything about him. And then he brought more light. We know he's from God. He said, you know, God don't listen to sinners, but if any man does God's will, then God listens to him. So he's a man from God. He's a prophet. And then here's after he's completely shut out of man's religion, completely shut out of the temple, completely shut out of uh, coming to God uh, as far as men are concerned. He's back out into the streets. Do what you want to do, you know. And, and here comes Jesus and he opens the door to the full light of who he is. Do you believe in the Son of God? And he says, who is he? He says, it's me. And he said, I believe. And he fell down right there and worshipped as God. Okay, so he's not in the temple anymore. He's not in the synagogue anymore. He's not whatever. He's he's worshiping Jesus. Um, you think he, when he came to him and said that, that he pretty much knew when he heard his voice? That's where he says, who is he? And he said, who is he, Lord? Maybe so. It's possible. It's possible. Because you would, he, he could understand his voice because he heard him say, put mud in your eye. And, Right, but he, yeah, he just he said, "Who is he?" And then he's called him Lord, that I might believe on him. And he said, "It's me." So yeah, no, I, I think that's very good possible. Uh, last few verses. This is the explanation. So all this story that we've told, all this story that John has has told, is leading up to this explanation. Jesus is going to explain why all this took place. Verse thirty nine says, "And Jesus said." For judgment I am coming to this world, that they which see, that they which see not might see, and that they which see may be made blind. Now do you see how it happened? The blind man, destitute, humble, beggar, knows nothing, is nothing. He was blind, knew he was blind. Jesus came so he might see. But on the other hand, you got the Pharisees who they think they can see just fine. I got it all going on. Got me and God are like this. You know, I know all this law, whatever. Jesus said, I came so so those guys, they're gonna be blind. And so, and you saw the picture. I love the picture John paints in chapter 9, how they move from uh, when it begins, you got the Pharisees on one side and they're supposedly in the full light. As far as they're concerned, we've got the light of God and we'll be happy to dole it out to any of y'all if y'all want some. And then you got this beggar, this blind man over here who'd been born, born blind, never seen anything in darkness, wouldn't know what a chair looked like or a staff or a brick or, I mean, he won't know nothing about nothing wouldn't know anything and you can see them as the chapter unfolds you can see them change places can't you the the pharisees are moving they reject the first they reject the miracle then they reject the man and then they reject the man who had the miracle done to him and they're moving the light it shines on them and it moves them from where they think they can see all the way to blindness where they just reject jesus and forget the whole thing and the same time the same light that's come it's come to the blind man it moves him from total darkness, total blindness, all the way up to where he's at Jesus' feet worshiping, saying, praise God, I'm finally saved. I'm finally... So you see how they change places? Jesus said, I came to bring light so that those who are blind can see. And those who think they can see are going to become blind. Now the Pharisees overhear what Jesus said. 
sometimes I'll do that. You know, like I'll be talking to somebody and I'll know somebody over here. Like, well, well anyway. <laughs> you ever done that? You ever talk to somebody over here while you're talking to this person? You know, it's like I know this guy over here don't believe in eternal security. And I'll say, well, I'll tell you what. All the people that don't believe in eternal security, they some stupid people. I don't know, you know, just uh, And so Jesus, uh, Jesus, he, he's talking to the blind man. Uh, but the Pharisees here in verse 40 says, And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? They say, Are you calling me blind, Jesus? Are you calling me blind? And Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, then you should have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. You see what he's saying? He's saying, Really, you know, you're not... If you were blind, like this blind man was blind, you would know nothing but darkness. And so when light would come, you'd scurry to the light. But because you think that you can see and you've got all the light you need... He said, when light comes to you, uh, when light comes to you, you reject that light and you move further and further to darkness. So guess what? You're going to be accountable. You're going to be held accountable. Your sin remains. You see what he's saying? He's saying, look, uh, he's saying, are you you calling me blind? And he's saying, you thought you could see. You thought you could see. And that's the reason why you didn't come to the light. And therefore, you're blind. And your sin remains on you. That makes sense? Any questions or comments? A cry of outrage. Do you see how the characters in the story, you, you're either the blind man who's walking further and further into the light as the light is revealed. You're uh, the parents who are just kind of eh, riding the fence about the whole thing. You know, I, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, you're either the Pharisees who are rejecting the light and walking further and further into darkness. I got it all going on. I don't. I know that you're all this holy guy and you're really seeking after God or what. You got your little journey going on, but I'm fine. I'm good. You know, I go to work. I go to church on Sunday. It's all good. You know, I got my own stuff and it's fine. That's the Pharisees' mindset, and so we're all in one of those categories. We're all in one of those categories. And so you it's important to find out where you are. And what we want to be is we want to be we want to be the blind man who knows that we're blind and knows that we're we're just inching further and further into that light that, that Christ is bringing us. And the most important thing really in this in this section is that if you are that blind man, you are, you have the most powerful weapon God has given you for advancing his kingdom. And that is what he did in your life. Nobody, nobody has that. What you have that God did for you is, is it's like your fingerprint. Nobody else has what you have. It's, it's perfectly unique and it's, it's, you know, whatever God did in your life, what he, ta- what he took you out of, what he brought you into, what he saved you from, the way that you were, the way that you thought, it is, it's unique and it's, it's a tool and it's a weapon that's used to spread God's kingdom. And you don't have to, the, the biggest thing I run into when I teach youth how to witness, how to go out to just strangers is, well, what do I say if they ask this? I don't know if I know all the answers. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't even have to know the questions. To, to understand what the answer might be. You, all you have to do is be obedient and tell what happened to you. And God's Spirit and God's power will do the rest. Okay? 
People will come and they will reject you. You already know it, so you might as well get used to it. Don't feel bad when you go and witness and somebody says, that's stupid, I don't care. You already know it's coming. That's going to happen. Just do it. And so you, his testimony, I was blind, now I see, it destroyed all the, all the arguments that all these theological... You know, to be a Pharisee, you had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but that's a lot of dang memorizing. You gotta have that. You gotta have to have have some brains to do that deal. And so this this blind guy, uneducated, couldn't read, couldn't do nothing. All these men with all this education, all these smarts, he just shamed all their arguments by a simple phrase. I have no idea what y'all are talking about, but I know I was blind yesterday, and now I can see. See? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you that you've given us the tools that we need. You thank, we thank you, God, that you've given us uh, the power to be a witness for you. Um, not just uh, 